All right, here we go. Update. It's been a while since I dropped a podcast. There's been a lot going on. I'm sure there's been a lot going on in your world as well. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of regular review and the opportunities that come up within that. What is it that you want? What's going to take you towards that? This is a question at the heart of real movement, at the heart of you know, the people that I've had the opportunity to connect with around the world and you know why there seems to be you know, great things going on in my surroundings on a regular basis. I believe a huge part of it is just this reflection process and it's so challenging to do. Most people can do it in a group environment and they'll do it well and they'll get very, very deeply engaged in the process of answering the question, you know, what do you want? But when you challenge them to do that on a weekly basis and say, look, what do you want this week? Often there's no response and it becomes tedious. What do you want today? What do you want today? And if we're not willing to take that time to write that down, to think about that, you know, get all Joe Dispenza and actually get wrapped up in the emotion of what you want today, then what are you going to get? It's less likely that it's going to be as good, right? If we're talking about fractions and degrees, what's it going to take to get 1% more out of it today? If you've set the intention, if you've written some things down, if, you've, if you're marking off what's getting done, what's not getting done, if you're evaluating your emotions at the end of the day, it's, it's almost ridiculous to think that you're not going to have a 1% improvement just on the basis of Let's be happy today. Like, let's enjoy today. Let's let's be grateful for today. It seems obvious that you're going to find a little bit more meaning, a little bit more purpose, a little bit better result if you've thought about that first thing in the morning. So what is your process around this? I've been using the best self books. Um, it's, it's just, a, there's nothing really special about it in my opinion, um, but it's a 13-week book that helps you to, to write that stuff down on paper. For me, it works well to write it down. I know for some people, it doesn't matter if you write it down or not. But for me, if I'm not writing it down regularly, if I'm not going back to it regularly, my mind will float away and I'll be heading in a completely different direction within a couple of weeks, within a couple of months. My, ch- my course can change dramatically. And that happens sometimes even still you know, with, with the book. But with the book, I tend to stay more focused on what I really want and I have a lot less days where I don't really get things done, procrastinate, not clear, you know, do things that aren't actually taking me towards where I want to go. So what do you want? So in the house at the moment, got an agent coming in two hours to talk to us about if she thinks she can do a better job of selling it or she has someone who's ready to buy it we're selling it ourselves not for any particular reason other than we didn't organize an agent and sometimes they're not so trustworthy i just wanted to know what was going on and i honestly just didn't want to deal with the admin of getting the house online uh, through an agent so we just did it ourselves uh, through Buy My Place, which has been okay, not without its pitfalls either. But 
with any luck, the house will be agreed upon and sold this week. It's quite a big thought, big thing to to uh, to process. And, and you know, if you've been following me for a while, you know that the, buying the farm and you know all the work that we've done here has has been massive. You know, we didn't put down a five or ten percent deposit like we we put a big investment into the farm and we've we've improved it a lot. We we have had over thirty five animals running on the place at certain times. Uh, we've had you know Aussie sevens players and. NRL players, you know, Michael Jennings and guys training here in the gym, a lot of real movement coaches, you know, Tim Frey over from Perth to train here and another crew, Brenda Hassett coming up on this weekend um, for some, some masterminding, some working together, figuring out how we can improve the quality of training, coaching in the world. It's obviously going to improve. It's just a question of how and where CrossFit's done amazing things for coach education and coaching standards. It is this kind of a, a a little click and niche, and then you know beyond that, there's there's still so much so much to be done, and especially in the world of athletic development, you know, as much as CrossFit's a stri- system of strength and conditioning has very much become its own thing. That you know, it's okay for strength and conditioning, but it's not really built for athletic development. As fun as funny as that seems, when it kind of comes from that base, but um, I feel like we can make a massive impact with that. And having Brando come up this weekend to go through, you know, how we can help gyms to get their systems organized better, logistically better. You know, there's so much stuff out there about Facebook advertising and people trying to sell you their sales scripts and this and that. And look, that stuff has its place, but fundamentally, there's very few people who are going to the nth degree to improve product quality and no one advertises around improving the quality of the product. All coaches think they have an amazing product. They think they have an amazing community and they just need to get the word out a bit more. That's a lie. And the truth is if the product was good enough, the people, people would be banging down your door. Like if you're in a city, then there, there are, you know, there's 10,000 people within 10, 15 minutes of you who have gym memberships. If if you don't have 500 of them wanting to train with you, then you're just not that good. You're just not getting that good of results. Or you're a CrossFit and there's, you know, 18 other ones uh, in that area and, and the people are divided up amongst all of those facilities, you know, or you're, um, you know, they're going to big box gyms. They don't know what they don't know. They're turning up. They're not getting results. They're not turning up. I deeply, truly believe that if the the product quality service is, is good enough, then the need for, um, you know, pushing hard with Facebook marketing and, and all of those things is, is much diminished. I have had times where I've used it and at those times there were a lot of, lot of leads came in and a lot of people joined the program. We made a lot of money, but it wasn't of those people during those times it was probably the time of least impact. Um, and I think a lot of gyms and coaches have felt this as well. When you're kind of pulling people in on these cheap offers and such, you, you often don't get the right people and you don't get the, they don't come for the right reasons. And then, you know, the indoctrination, the brainwashing, it doesn't happen as well. You don't get that mindset shift that you need going from the mainstream mindset and, and the education that people have had about their physicality you know, getting them to a point where they actually believe in themselves and they, they're excited for their journey ahead. 
you know, that's, that's not something that is, is self-evident. Like it, it takes, it takes work, it takes energy and it matters, you know, how people come into the program, how people come into real movement, how people come into your program as a gym owner. So I, I've, I, I think that if, you know, if, uh, Ido Portal had a gym and he sort of does through Roy Gold, you know, I think it's going to have a bunch of members. It doesn't matter where that gym is. People would move to the other side of the world to, to train with him if the, he had a training facility and they, you know, they probably have, um, what else, you know, who else is there? There's probably, you know, Dmitry Klokov has a gym or if, um, I don't know, CrossFit's a tricky one because there's just a gazillion CrossFits and that, that sort of changes the game a little bit. But if you have a unique product and service, then people will, will make an effort to get involved with it. It'll be interesting to see the response that Ben Patrick has. They've got their dunk day coming up. Um I'm not sure if he's publicised how many members he's got now uh, online, but there's there's a lot. So I won't I won't say the numbers because I don't know if he's talking about those numbers publicly. But it'll be really interesting to see the effort that people make to get there face to face with Ben and and the team there at Athletic Truth Group. If it wasn't available online, then obviously there would be more travel as well. People, that's the funny thing, like people traveling a lot at this time, but a lot of it's kind of recreational and, and online means that there can be more connections. But it'd be interesting to know how many people have traveled to Westside Barbell. I know people have moved from all over, you know, the United States and I think that AJ guy that's on the uh, the movie is, is, you know, English, British background. People will move if, if, it's, if it's worth it, you know what I mean? And... If you could actually have high, you know, guaranteed income, high, you know, net worth, uh, at the end of the process, if you become a great coach, you're great in that system, then I, th- I think people would, you know, obviously travel even further to be a part of it. But if you're a gym in the city, if you're getting the best results in town, if you've got the best connections, the best service, hard to see how you know, you're not going to be full and you're not going to be, you know, having a waiting list and, and moving to that stage. Now, I don't know anyone who's done that. And I, you know, maybe that makes it a pipe dream. Maybe that makes it not possible. I'd love to hear about the gyms. I know like there are small gyms, 50, you know, people, hundred people that feel, I guess it depends if you limit your class size as well. There's probably a lot of CrossFits who technically could say, well, yeah, we, you know, we got to the point where we couldn't have any more members and they, then they move and they move to a bigger facility, but then also a couple of their coaches leave and they, you know, set up in the next uh, street across across the road and, and then that sort of divides the pool up. Um, what if that wasn't, cap- you know, possible? What if there were only, you know, if there were only 5,000 CrossFit gyms instead of 15,000, how would those gym owners do? And if CrossFit HQ had a big part in quality control and and masterminding between those facilities would it have stunted the the quality and the growth or would it have pushed it to a new extreme you know that's the that's the question you know if f45 had decided that they would go with half the density or a quarter of the density that they've gone with in in planting f45 gyms you know would would those gyms you know have that waiting list and 
I believe they would. I guess that's probably the clearest example because I know there are a lot of F45s that have sort of 300 members charging, you know, 70, 60, 70 bucks a week and they're getting up to 300, 400. I don't, I don't know. There's probably bigger numbers than that. If they're getting to those sort of member numbers, then that shows that these mum and dad facilities are lacking two things. They're lacking brand power uh, and they're lacking the the product that people want. If you know, you say yeah, people want that F forty five thing. They do, but they only want it for three to six months, and then you know the churn and burn rate there is huge because the product you know isn't sticky. Now, I've, you know, you may be listening to this, and you might know someone who's been going to one for a few years, but statistically, the turnover rate is much higher than something like a CrossFit, where people engage in a long term journey and they want to achieve the targets, you know, to be able to do your ring muscle-ups, to be able to do your snatches. It takes time. So if you have that longer journey and you have the, you know, the mastery component to what you do, it's a whole different thing to be in a sweatshop. And I think a lot of, you know, boutique strength and conditioning facilities, for, for want of a better explanation, you know, they're, they're trying to hit this sweatshop thing, they're trying to hit this CrossFit thing, because that's all they can see but you know what's there above and beyond that that's the question so that's the question that Brando and I will be answering this weekend and I do believe there's another better product that can be built I think it has ATG as its foundation and I know that a lot of the coaches and people who in my audience have tried ATG and have learned a lot from it uh, but the fact of the matter is it's it's not in mainstream education at the moment um, you're not going to learn what what you know what ATG is teaching and what needs to be taught there we have ATG for coaches section uh, within the real movement education and Ben and I are sort of constantly talking we've been talking this morning actually about how to have a tighter connection at the moment there's no financial connection or incentive or anything for the interaction you know the way that I talk about you know Ben's product and his support for me is purely being based on uh, just mutual respect and uh, wanting to see each other do well, believing in what each other doing. Um, so yeah, that's that's the vision, and and you know time will tell. I guess the market will decide, and and you guys will decide if if that is a better product. And I'm I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure that there's a much much better product going to come to market in the next you know 12 24 months i can't yeah i can't see it coming from the problem for a lot of brands to do it is just that you need quality coaches so you know big brands products with the the desires like f45 they're not going to do that because they need something that's cut and paste cookie cutter it needs to be low quality um, because it needs to be able to be taught by by any coach Um, and if people are happy with that you know generic kind of product then they can have a generic coach and that's fine but no one will try and do what real movement is doing because it requires too much on coach education Uh, the model that we that we have and that we want to put forward you know it takes a long time to be a good enough coach to to coach what we do and it's you know it's not it's comparable to crossfit like there is a lot more to learn than to be a crossfit coach but 
and it takes more time. But it's definitely comparable. But CrossFit have just kind of put the training system out there, the daily wad, and and let you know let the coaches, let the market educate itself uh, to a large extent. Of course, there's a CrossFit level one, but you know just looking at the evolution over time, um, it's it's amazing how that's kind of happened organically. Um, it would be great to see that happen in true athletic development and, you know, with more into gymnastic strength and those sorts of things like this. There's so much potential there. So that is the conversation that will be had um, with Brando and it's going back and forward across the Real Movement community and, and with uh, Ben Patrick as well. And yeah, selling up the house and getting out of here, which is sort of where this started, was that's a huge part of being able to get out there and, and make these changes in the world. You know, I need to be seeing the facilities um, that we're working with and that we're creating. You know, we've been doing that for five, six years now, you know, helping people to, to see what they really want and to change their self-image and to change their skill set to the point where they can create their dreams. And we've done that with, you know, over 100 gyms. The thing is now to be able to do something that's actually going to go, you know, that step further to to that that point of having, you know, that three hundred member gym, that waiting list, you know, that premium service that's not getting smoked by the surroundings, but actually has good branding, good marketing, and an exceptional product and exceptional community around it. You know, there's nothing like this has been created, and I do think there's there's a time and a place for it, and that time and place is is here and now. Um, Geographically, you know, everywhere, if, you know, everywhere needs this. Community gyms are going to come to, you know, Africa, Asia, South America, as well, and and you know, we're interested, want to be part of of that evolution and, and creation in those places where you know, they can't necessarily afford um, to to sort of get into the F forty five or, you know, even challenging to get into the CrossFit kind of game in those places. Um, you know, we'd like to to play a part in the evolution uh, of those countries. And, you know, yeah, it is, it is because it's not put in the mainstream media, like the impact of CrossFit is massively underestimated. Like most people know what it is. Most strength and conditioning facilities have been influenced by it. Even Whole Foods and Paleo and what's in the supermarket. And like there is a huge community and they've made strong decisions and it's just because it's not televised because it's, you know, it's not in the newspapers and it doesn't get, you know, splashed around. Like it's a million times bigger than Ninja Warrior. You know, like think about how many people really actually train for Ninja Warrior. Like hardly any of those people are even training for Ninja Warrior. Like there's, there's one place in Perth and even there, you know, they train for a lot of other things. Um, I mean, it's getting bigger because TV definitely has some some part in that. But, you know, CrossFit is a, a thousand times bigger than Ninja Warrior. And, and yet Ninja Warrior is kind of like, uh, you know, something that does, you know, get splashed around a bit more. You know, people kind of have a bit more recognition of it because, yeah, TV's behind it. But CrossFit haven't sold out. They haven't taken on you know, being sponsored by whatever. Ninja Warrior is created as a commercial product. So it's not necessarily that it's sold out. It's that it was created for that where, you know, CrossFit, I think, was created, and I don't know the story deeply, deeply, but I think was created fairly organically with what, you know, Greg Glassman and some of his mates wanted to do training-wise. And then I know that guys like Ido Portal and Rob Wolf and 
um, you know, Jim Jones and, you know, some of these other systems, um, gymnastic bodies, a lot of these guys were connected with, with Glassman and CrossFit in the early days. So there was an amazing community of people around that, um, that thing that started and it started as something that was pretty, you know, pretty rough, pretty low quality. Um, and it's evolved into, you know, some really high quality movement and a massive global, you know, movement, but it's never, you know, it hasn't sold out. And as, as a result, you know, it's, it's an untelevised revolution, but you can, you can see one pretty much anywhere you go in the Western world. You, you never more than, you know, um, for every 50,000 people, there's going to be a CrossFit like for, you know, that you're never too far from a CrossFit box if you're in a city in the Western world. And, and increasingly, if you're in a city anywhere in the world, you know, and that's that's something special. That's something amazing, and it's it's funny that it doesn't get the coverage, and it doesn't. It's not as well recognised as it should be, and that's mostly, I believe, because you know, it encourages whole food and encourages health, and health is at the centre of it. Um, it's not talking just about calorie restriction. It's not talking just about you know, um, get your macros. It actually, cares about whole food and actually cares about you know, health for the, for the whole world, for the general population. And now, you know, scaling back the games and going into old people and, and going against um, the big soft drink companies and stuff like that's, that's massive, you know, so real movement, you know, I think what we can do is, is connect into farmers and connect into meat production and connect to land. And, you know, this is something that I've spoken about since I started this thing, you know, 2013, 14, like, what is what is a really you know massive success look like well, to me it is yeah growing food near the gym and having the people from the gym eat that food you know that's that's a huge that that's a huge success and that is happening like farm gym they get their meat from a place not too far from them and then they grow a lot of veg and stuff on site it's actually you know it is happening and you know logistically we need to do more of that. There are a bunch of facilities that we're already working with that aren't necessarily this dream real movement um, facility uh, as yet, just because we haven't offered it to them in that way as yet. But you know, some of the guys who we've worked with in the past will, will get this as it starts to come come alive and come to light. And and some CrossFit boxes will see will you know, this is, this is another direction. This is a powerful direction. We're actually going to get a bit more support around business and we're not going to get swamped by our, you know, others with the same brand in the same suburb. Um, you know, some people will, will see that and they'll go, yeah, like this is more what I believe in, what I want. But getting that food connection to the facilities is, is massive. Listen to Origin, uh, origin of energy. I get confused between origins, nutrition, and origin of energy. But origin of energy. Aaron McKenzie in Bondi is putting out epic content. If you're not following him on uh, Instagram, he's putting massive energy into his Instagram content at the moment, and he's explaining things very, very well. And he's thought very deeply about uh, food production, energy. You know, energy production fossil fuels and what goes into you know a vegan diet how unenvironmentally friendly it is and you know how environmentally friendly a carnivore diet is um, and he's experimenting you know he's not saying look this is the only thing forever i've done hardcore carnivore at the moment i'm definitely putting some more carbs in 
but I go sort of in and out of that depending on what the goals are. I don't think all grains and all carbs are the, the devil's work always. But yeah, you, you know, if you're transporting carbohydrate over long distances, if, if you're putting fertilizers and fossil fuels and pesticides and things on the land, that's not a good thing. You know, a lot of the land of the world is, is meant to be grassland and, you know, that's it's really well explained. Origin, uh, origin of energy, Bondi Junction, yeah, Aaron's doing amazing stuff there. Um, he runs regular workshops and that sort of thing as well. If you're if you're local down there, or if you want to travel, highly recommend that. I went and spent some time with Aaron before I went to France in 2010. <laughs> yeah, 2010, which was the year that was meant to be the the big kind of revolution. And uh, I think the end of the mind calendar was either 2008 or 2010. It's meant to be a big kind of revolution year in, in Latin America and especially Mexico, sort of thinking about big things were, were happening around those times. And by sort of towards the the middle of that year, end of that year, it got a bit too much for me, some of the things that had gone on. I'd come back to Australia and then I got the, the job in France as the sort of head of performance for the Catalan Dragons. It was really head of strength and conditioning there was no head of performance but whatever um, I don't even know if I had a job title but I was doing all the physical prep stuff and talking nutrition and stuff with the guys and I went in with Aaron before I went over there and spent some time with him I think maybe twice you know I went in there and had some food and, and just had a chat with him and just the courage and clarity that he's had around his mission and and sort of getting in a bit deeper with athletes uh, about what it takes to optimize physiology and performance and like fertility and that kind of conversation as well. The contrast between, you know, his knowledge and his journey and then watching Rich Froning talking about his diet. Um, You know, I watched a YouTube video and like he's doing his best as well. And he's got the three adopted kids and it's just like, this is so far from what's optimal for health uh, and what's optimal for fertility what's optimal for performance and obviously he's he's an you know amazing athlete but you know would he have had that meniscus surgery if he was doing atg stuff and if he was um you know eating an ancestral diet you know would he would he have had you know the challenges that he's had would he have a better influence on the world if he was thinking along those lines like there was such a massive contrast between you know those two things that i checked out yesterday um yeah, that's the the vision is to connect those kind of people, you know, origin origin nutrition and origin origin of energy. Coach Wooden's helping me out a lot at the moment. Guy over in the UK, powerlifter, big poliquin kind of education background, but well educated across a lot of different areas in Manchester, one of the strongest humans alive today. I absolutely love strength and and he educates me around strength. Um I think it's you know, it's valuable to have a lot of different mentors and influences in a lot of different places. Nico Di Paoli, someone who's also connected with us with Real Movement at the moment. He's a young guy from France. He's like 23, 24. And uh, yeah, he's you know he got to a good level in weightlifting. And he can do one-arm chin-ups. He can do freestanding handstand push-ups. He experimented with veganism for a year. And I think checking out some of my stuff maybe helped to encourage him back into to meet and now he's been hanging out with Dom, um, hang, Origins Nutrition uh, over in Bali as well. So I think he's definitely going to be on the meat train now, but he's just been over there and getting educated with Devin Kelly, who's another one of the guys that I really respect and just, you know, love seeing what he's doing and 
draw massive inspiration. You know, these young guys are super strong, super healthy, and I sort of think, well, imagine if I'd have had that clarity um, and been in that direction at that stage in my life. You know, I think that's that's a big part of my motivation is like I wasted so much health and vitality, you know, on, on binge drinking and just self-loathing and, you know, poor quality food. And I really, really wanted to do good things with my life in my my teens um and i you know i was i I didn't start drinking uh when everybody else started drinking you know 15 16 14 15 16 17 you know i wasn't drinking um because i wanted to do something great with my life i wanted to go to the olympics and i just wanted to to live a life i could be proud of you know i used to read the autobiographies of great athletes and successful people through history and and i loved that stuff and that's who i wanted to be but there wasn't, you know, there wasn't something I could really join around me that pulled me in that direction. And I eventually fell into the, the dominant voice around me. And yeah, that's my fault and my weakness. But most kids are going to do that, you know, they are going to fall in with the crowd. And, you know, we need to do something about that. Like what, what is a better crowd? What is a better culture? You know, that's, that's what this is about. And Jordan at Exalto, you know, Jordan Potts is doing an amazing job of giving youth another direction. And I'm not saying the kids that are going in there, don't drink and aren't going to experiment with with drugs and whatever. Um, I'm not against experimentation with drugs, to be honest. It's it's the dependence on them and using them to escape a reality that you hate. You know that that's what sucks. You know, like that's not that's not cool. And using opioids when you don't understand what an opioid is, something which is really not cool either. You know, I'm chatting with Lyndon Holzheimer from Fend Movement. I'm an investor in Fend Movement. Uh, full energy, no drugs. They're about educating people how to get. Um, to avoid opioid addiction, to recognize the signs of overdose. Um, and they're doing massive things in education with opioids. But, you know, I think it'll branch out and go into a lot of different areas. And, you know, they're connecting up. They're, most of their work's done in the US, even though they're based in Queensland. They're connecting up with uh, some, some stuff with Queensland Rugby League, I believe. And it's very, very exciting. You know, the the people that I have around me now, and just contrasting those two times, like... The people that I have around me now, I'm, I'm talking you know, regularly with Lucas Aaron. He's got his side splits in Canada. I got my calves on the floor last week on the side split. You know, that's how life works. It's by osmosis, you know, that we learn and, you know, we're tribal beings. No one does anything great on their own. But when you're surrounded by people who are doing great things, then, you know, you, you, you just get pulled in that direction. The opposite is true, but you know, we can choose our influences now. We can choose, you know, people talk about social media and YouTube and whatever, but you're at least choosing the content that you're exposed to. Now, the advertising is getting pretty hectic on those platforms, but, you know, for the most part, you know, you're choosing what you're going to be exposed to and you can expose yourself to amazing stuff, you know? So getting back to the, circling back to the first point, you know, evaluate what you're exposing yourself to. Evaluate who you're connecting with on a regular basis. Every few months, you need to connect with a group of people who are definitely going in the direction that you want to go in, get super clear on your goals, you know, have amazing experiences together, eat together, train together, get out in nature together. Make sure you're having those experiences periodically, once a month, once every few months. You need to be doing that stuff. That's the structure that we have with Rule Movement as well. But that helps you to reset, recalibrate, um, aim higher, 
and if things have gone to plan in the previous three months, you know, you will need to set bigger goals and, and, and recalibrate what you think success looks like because a lot of people, what they think is their lifetime goal or their, you know, one day if this happened, it'd be great. You know, that stuff actually happens within six to 12 months, sometimes 24, you know, when people join Real Movement. And sometimes people bail out after one month or three months because it hasn't happened yet. But realistically, you know, this is a life journey. You know, if you if you're going to, do the things that are real movement black belt standard, if you're going to live to that standard, if you're going to have a business to that standard, if you're going to have a circle of friends to that standard, you know, it's just, it's a life project. And um, yeah, have some patience towards that, but have some drive and certainty, clarity that you're going to get there as well. Right, my family's come to see me. It's eight o'clock in the morning. So uh, signing off for today. If you listen to this and you enjoyed it, drop me a line, share it with a friend. Talk to you soon.